Welcome to TD Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Hello, my name is Charles Ree, Cowan's Healthcare Technology Analyst, and welcome to the Cowan Future Health Podcast. Today's podcast is part of our monthly series that continues Cowan's efforts to bring together thought leaders, innovators, and investors to discuss how the convergence of healthcare technology and consumerism is changing the way we look at health, healthcare, and the healthcare system. And over the past five to 10 years, digital health has emerged as an integral part of healthcare delivery, introducing a whole host of new services from virtual care to fertility benefits to chronic condition management and more. And more often than not, these services have been designed as employee benefits. But with so many choices in the market, and with many saying they do the same things, how do employers and employees know what is real and what isn't, and what's working and what's not? Uh, To help us discuss this topic and more, I'm joined by Zane Burke, CEO of Quantum Health, one of the leading healthcare navigation companies in the U.S. Uh, Zane's an internationally recognized healthcare IT leader with decades of experience, uh, with Zane uh, formerly the CEO of Livongo and was also president of Cerner prior to that. Zane, thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you, Charles. You've, ha- you've been part of multiple successful healthcare technology companies, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, the likes of Cerner, Livongo, and now Quantum. Uh, you know, maybe a little of your background. H- how'd you get into this industry? You know, what drew you to healthcare technology in the first place? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, healthcare technology, it's a, one of those places where you can have an impact on uh, so many people at a personal level, because ultimately healthcare is personal for all of us. And whether it's your family or whether it's you, uh, it's it's something that is, um, I think, needs a better experience, um, a more definitive outcome. It gets harder and harder all the time, more complex all the time. And so I started in healthcare because I felt like that was a place where I could make a difference uh, and where you could see the experience uh, needed to be better. And uh, that led me first to Cerner and had a variety of roles in Cerner over 20 plus years and uh, leaving there uh, as president, left to go to Livongo and be on that journey. And what I saw there was this opportunity to really create a different kind of healthcare experience uh, with demonstrable outcomes. And uh, that was, you know, we're having a lot of fun and really having a lot of success along the way. And we, you know, we were, had just reached EBITDA positive and gross margins 70 plus percent. We had had uh, 100% plus top line growth and Teladoc came and called. And uh, we went through that merger acquisition piece and I exited that and, and really had taken up uh, a, a, couple, a search for appropriate boards and, and investing uh, money on my, you know, in my money on a journey when I got a call around quantum health. And I really wasn't looking for another operating role, but as I got into quantum health, I'm like, dang it, it's right in the spot where I've longed to be, which is how do we make it, uh, you know, none of us want to be in in the healthcare system. We all want to be as close to home and the best health status we can possibly be in. And I really felt like quantum was the right place to create scalability uh, and make a difference in people's lives. And at the same time, fund the healthcare operations from the existing pool of funds that we have. Uh, out there today. You know, you, you mentioned that, right? Uh, quantum is kind of where you want to be at. You know, people want to be at closer to home. Uh, and it's interesting you say that, right? Because 
right, you know, I, I go back with you into the Cerner days and right healthcare IT. It was, you know, I always thought of it very provider centric, right? You go to Hims, and it's all about hospitals uh, and what they're buying. Uh, but that's really changed, right, with the advent of digital health and really this more consumer centric world we live in. Uh, you know, what's been the biggest surprise for you as you've watched this transformation in, in the industry? Well, I think it's the the the, the, the t- let's start with what the challenge is. It's that. Uh, it, there's multiple stakeholders here and the failure to recognize all the stakeholders uh, have input in the situation, whether it's the provider, whether it's whoever the plan sponsor or payer is in the model. Um, and then the member themselves who, who do, by the way, doesn't want to be, a, none of us want to be a patient. We actually all want to stay out of the system. So uh, how do we, how do we think in that way? And I think it's kind of this, it's been this very long journey towards this recognition that, all three of these pieces have to come together. Uh, and I think healthcare is unbelievably humbling because it's so complex. And I think just when you think you've got it figured out, you turn the gemstone a different way and you see another inclusion, you see it from a different perspective and you realize that there's so much more to this. And I think that's also what makes uh, healthcare so invigorating for for me and for others, which is the complexity of this is is so challenging and and i think this you know that's really kind of the the ultimate side of this is you can never quite figure it all the way out but i do think it's super important to think about how do we engage people in their life flow to make a difference in their healthcare, and then all the stakeholders around it understanding that they have a role to play and how do we you know we can't just pick and choose which one of those stakeholders we're going to cut out uh, which i think that's been some of the mistakes made along the way, both from the provider-centric space to the consumer-centric spaces. You have to you have to have a value proposition for all the stakeholders. Yeah, no, that, I, I think that makes sense, and it's it certainly adds a. I, I think it adds that dimension, right, where people, you know, need to be engaged and, and need to take kind of a. Uh, ownership of, of their health, uh, but maybe before they weren't, didn't feel empowered to, right? It, it seems like, but but at the same time, being empowered or it doesn't mean that you have all the information necessary to 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 take advantage of that, right? You, you know, Charles, it's funny. I I think empowerment's important uh, for those that are on a journey for for at the right times, and so you want empowerment when it's on your journey, nobody actually chooses a healthcare journey. And I think that's what's so uniquely different from the rest of consumerism uh, out there, which is nobody wants to really be on this journey. It's not like buying a car. It's not like traveling. When you buy a car, you want that car. When you when you go to travel, you're trying to get somewhere so you can go on vacation or spend, you know, go to your kid's graduation, whatever that is, there's a purpose for it that you want. Healthcare is different. Healthcare is like, I have to do healthcare so I can do all those other things. And I think that's what's so unique about, about what it is. It's usually a journey that no one selects for themselves uh, and that you, it, it's the empowerment in the moment that's so critical. And then you need some guidance along the way because you don't have the knowledge um, for these complex, particularly as things turn complex. You just don't have that knowledge built up until you need somebody, something to help you along the journey here. So I think it's super unique in that regard from a consumerism perspective. 
Yeah. So maybe let's um, jump into things. Uh, so you know, so for those aren't aren't familiar with quantum health, maybe maybe we can start there and uh, you know help uh, listeners understand what does quantum do. Sure, I'd be happy to to touch a little bit on that. Uh, quantum health invented the healthcare navigation market over twenty years ago. Uh, what we do is take the data science technology combined with the personal touch to you know, help guide our members through their healthcare journey. Uh, we do that today for over 500 self-insured employers or about 2.7 million members. Uh, and it's really taking everything from the simple to the most complex and, and accumulating those, those health signals along the way so that we can create the best experience and the best outcomes for those members uh, along their journey. And, and, and quantums, you know, obviously you're, you said it's the first. It's not the only one in the market today. What, would, what do you think it makes quantum so unique, though, uh, in the market? What, what makes quantum uh, very unique is really what we do uh, with the health signals. And so we, first off, we're the only ones that combine member, provider, and whoever the plan sponsor. And it's fascinating to me in healthcare. I think the easiest way to talk about this is, uh, if if so, um, provider checks your benefits, Charles today, and say, Charles, are you is Charles eligible for this PET scan? Okay, that's a really bad thing. That's likely to be something's going on in your in your body. If the provider is checking to see if you have a PET scan, typically that's for a cancer scan. And in healthcare today, in every place except for Quantum Health, that benefit check would hit the cutting room floor of a health signal. And I think that's super profound in the, just the lack of connectedness of the stakeholders. So what's super unique about quantum health is first we're aggregating all the data points, whether it's claims data, PBM data, um, digital health data, but also information from the providers, from the members to and using what we call real-time intercept to engage upfront um, with our members in their life flow on their journey um, to get them the best possible outcomes, both clinically and financially, and the best kind of with a great experience. And so, you know, a couple of the results out of that that make us unique is our net promoter scores for our members are in the 70s, which is incredibly high for those of you who know net promoter scores, but also for providers. Providers net promoter scores in the 70s as well. And in fact, uh, a little joke that I talk about here at Quantum Health, it's the thing that actually got me, my interest peaked up front at Quantum was uh, I saw net promoter scores in the 70s. And I said, I don't believe it. Providers don't love anything. Uh, and uh, it was one of those elements that I really I had to come test and just make sure it was accurate. But that unique capability of creating a great experience um, Great and great promoter scores, and then having a hard ROI. So we have a you know three to one ROI, uh, in, in, at least in, in year one, and improving over time. Uh, and so that ROI is incredibly important, and the engagement of what we do. And so, then it's kind of the how we do it is using those health signals before a member has spent a thousand dollars on their way to spending ten thousand dollars. We've engaged with them eighty-seven percent of the time. So it's early engagement in helping people get on the right kind of journeys to make sure they stay in network, to make sure they get the second opinions that they need, to make sure they get the right kind of care, 
closest to home, the best experiences. Um, you know, kind of my simplest thing is we all, we all want to be as close to home as possible and the best health status we can be in. And that's what quantum health is enabling. The way you kind of talk about it, you know, just brings to mind things like, you know, care coordination, closing gaps in care. And and it, it's maybe perhaps frightening. You're saying it, if that kind of signal for the PET scan falls on the cutting room floor, you know, it, isn't this what the payers should be doing? I have a lot of respect for what the payers do. <laughs> Don't want to get you in trouble here, but <laughs> just... I have a lot of respect for what the payers do, but but frankly, none of these digital health businesses nor my business would exist if the payers were doing these things with a great experience level or great outcomes. They have been engineered to uh, process in silos over many, many, many years. That processing in silos has created these massive gaps in uh, in experience and in terms of the outcome side of this, uh, and really they're just manufacturing geared to do something totally different than what many of the digital health solutions do out there. Uh, you know, when I was r- running Livongo, I used to say uh, United Healthcare, which is an incredible company, had, you know, people ask me, why don't they do what you do? And I said, well, they could. But, and it's not that I didn't realize diabetes was a big deal, but this will be the, you know, they've had 28 diabetes program. Maybe 29 will be the right one. Uh, and healthcare navigation is simply is, it, 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 they're just not organized to drive a navigation and, and um, almost every attempt to try to do that has really not been uh, really created the kind of experiences because they're just not organized to create that kind of experience where you put all the pieces together. Um, you know, in our world, what we do, we're taking that data, you have a centralized, we use the data to drive the best next experiences. And if you want to do a digital experience only, that's great. But oftentimes here it's healthcare, it requires a personal touch. In our world, you call the same people that know your benefits inside and out. Uh, they know, they, they, they have your data and information available. They're working in a group that has benefits people together that has nurses together, the clinical side, uh, the claim specialist, all those folks where they're all in, in a, in a uh, tight uh, situation where they can get the uh, best course of action right there at, the, at, and, and at that time. Payers are not organized in that fashion. And it just is a massive, it's a massive move for them to think about something different. They have a lot of other things on their plate. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know, Zane, you've been at Quantum now about a year and a half. You know, how, how has the, the model evolved uh, over that time since you've been there? Well, I, what I saw when I got to Quantum Health was this incredible culture of do the right thing for the member. And doing the right thing for the member turns out creates better experiences, shocker, but also saves money uh, and for our clients. That's not the primary focus of what our our warriors, which is what we call our frontline uh, people, our healthcare warriors, being they literally are doing the warrioring on behalf of the member. But it turns out doing the right thing does save money, so that's great. But what I saw was all this amazing data, and uh, we're using that data to create better experiences and create better outcomes for our members. But we really hadn't what I would say is weaponized that on behalf of our clients to say gosh, what are the best digital health solutions out there, for instance? We actually know. We actually know which ones have efficacy and which ones don't because based off real data, based off our 2.7 million members. 
um, and how can we create a better experience for our clients who are looking at digital health solutions out there and whether that is um, you know creating better contracting vehicles whether that's creating single uh, reporting capabilities uh, whether it's making sure that people know what benefits they have when they need them that's actually one of the key elements you know uh, oftentimes Charles I'm sure this happens to you happens to me I sign up for my benefits once a year I kind of forget exactly what I signed up for until I need to go to the, the physician or something happens to me. And, you know, we can't remember which, which digital health solution we have in those moments. Um, what, who's, net, who's in the network? Who's not? Those are all things that we do naturally as part of, of our workflows. And so we can create better, uh, we can create a better, more curated set of digital health solutions. But I also saw there was an opportunity to be more flexible. And so we created... Uh, a new solution called Access, which is really just a, a skinny down version of uh, our complete solution to really uh, allow for larger clients to come in and, and enjoy the experience of a quantum health uh, and get them on a journey towards a model that we know works. We know we have the best model as it relates to ROI, relates to the experiences, and it relates to the clinical outcomes. Uh, but oftentimes the the box was a little rigid, so we create a little more flexibility, and that's uh, served us very well. So we, what you've seen is us going after uh, the digital health solutions on behalf of our clients to make that simpler, uh, using the data and, my, and what I call to take on more of the hard stuff. So we'll, we're looking at, can we take on full service lines like behavioral health, like musculoskeletal, like oncology? Oncology is the one that we publicly uh, have have put our first foot forward. We're working towards uh, a couple of the other two. We've been fairly public about that, where we think we can do some things that are unique and taking on full service line activities. Uh, and because we are not afraid to do what I call the hard stuff and get and get very dirty, not just do the digital piece, it really lends itself to the the uh, what I, where all the money is in the marketplace. And what I mean, the money, the cost side. Um, and the poor experiences are really in the complexity of healthcare, and that's where we're we really aimed the company over the last eighteen months. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get back to the the oncology uh, part in, uh, in in a second, but um, you know, uh, before before we move on, right? Because you know, you're talking about what I think makes a lot of sense, right? Which is, you know, <laughs> to, to your point, right? I I I I did my open enrollment, uh, you know, a few months back, right? Um, and, uh, you know, my wife is uh, taking my kids to get, you know, braces. And she's like, uh, is this covered? I'm like, oh, I know we got something. <laughs> and I've been spending the last couple of days checking for it. It's like, yeah, uh, we, we, we got it's, uh, part of it's covered at least. Um, and, 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 you know, that's and it kind of jives a little bit. Right. I think uh, you, you guys put out a, a study uh, or you sponsored a study uh, not too long ago. You know, that showed something like 67 percent of employees navigate the healthcare system without expert help, right? So that, that means employees aren't getting access to resources to help them make any kind of a, a quality decision about the care received. Why, why is this still the case, you think? Well, again, because we're not consumers of healthcare, we are, we, we consume the healthcare so we can do everything else. And uh, you, you just think about how these are put, how the models are put together. Um, and, and that's not because the HR department's, you know, not effective, right? 
they are they oftentimes they've been very thoughtful about what is the best benefit package I can put together for our employees, and then how do I um, look at the cost benefit trade offs of that? Be very thoughtful about those elements, and, and I I know and I can assure having sold into CHROs and and benefit uh, teams for the last four or five years, it's a super thoughtful process. The challenge is until we have that need <laughs> as people we're not going to engage in that. And it's a, it's also where we are uniquely positioned in the life flow of the member. You know, if you make that call, Charles, in our world, that gives us an opportunity to say, yes, this, this person is in network. These are the out-of-pocket costs to you. Um, if maybe you were looking for a new clinician, hey, I see that your wife takes your kids to school here. Here's where her, here's a couple opportunities to be closer to home to be in network, et cetera. But oftentimes answering those questions up front around the benefit side allows us to build trust to talk to them about some other things that you might not otherwise be as um, engaged in or willing to, to ex- accept a, you know, an outbound call. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that's super unique about our ability to engage. And we engage with, you know, uh, almost 90% engagement of households on an annual basis, which is just super amazing and gives us a unique opportunity to, to create trust. Um, most of it starts around, is this a covered benefit? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it sounds like, right, you're, you're really trying to bring this kind of comprehensive experience, uh, you know, for, you know, for the members, you know, when you, when you speak with clients, how important is it for your clients uh, you know, to have this kind of comprehensive kind of th- that brings all the benefits together. It, it's, it's super important. In fact, it, it's becoming a must have. And, and, you know, there's some McKinsey studies out there that have shown that many, you know, 70% of employers are going to look over 70% of employers are going to be looking at navigation over the next 24 months as one of those elements. Um, I was had the pleasure to be on stage with the president of the national business group on health. And she literally said, we have to have something like quantum health or navigation to really create the kind of centerpiece uh, for our benefit plan designs because all the benefits we are, we've accrued together, whether they're digital health pieces, whether they're narrow networks, um, all sorts of things in that design, it only matters if I can get it to it where I'm, it's in the life flow of the member. And, um, and, and that's where that's where we're kind of super uniquely positioned on a go forward basis. You, you talk about, you know, positioning to the life flow of the member. How, how do you ensure that those benefits are utilized, right? You know, how, you know, maybe talk about sort of your, your position, you know, sort of as a digital front door uh, kind of to direct patients to the, to the right services, you know, how, how do you, how do you ensure that that's effective? Well, we do it in multiple ways. First off, you, you, you mentioned the digital front door piece of it. We start digitally. So if you engage with us digitally, um, when we, you can quickly and easily see uh, in a, uh, what are your benefits are. You can understand that if you type in A1C, it, will t- it might pull up and say OMADA is part of your opportunity if you had the right you know, qualifications, et cetera. Uh, so we use a lot of you know, we've invested a ton in technology since I've joined. We're going to we're continuing to invest 
uh, on that side, we created a great experience to really make it seamless from the digital all the way through to the person side. Uh, and what in that design piece, kind of the crux of this is I, I think about every other call center experience I have, and I think this is what I do not want to have. I don't want to have the member have to re-explain their situation every single time. And you think about every other call center experience you have in life out there today, literally you get to re-explain your situation to the next person or to the next thing where you probably logged in to check something out online. I want the way we've designed the solution, literally it'll say if you've typed in A1C, yeah, it'll, and, and let's just say you click right then, I want to talk to a representative. It's going to, my rep's going to literally pull that up and say, Charles, I can see you've typed A1C. Is there a reason you're concerned about your blood sugar? Or I can see, hey, I can see your blood sugar has got your, your, your A1C has um, been out of, you know, been out of control lately, et cetera. Did you know you have access to this solution in your benefit plan? Uh, do you need help with scheduling a, your primary care physician, which we will take on some of those things around scheduling. Uh, we'll take some things on around the socialize, the social aspects of this. Do you have access to the right food? All those kinds of conversations our warriors are ready to take all the way from the digital front door, the simplest types of things, all the way through to the personal interaction. And we're contextually aware of everything you've touched along the way. So it's a different design to create a different kind of experience and outcome on the backside. And so that's that's some of the technology investment we've been making uh, since I joined uh, as part of as part of the quantum team. And maybe just to follow up there, right? Uh, you know, I think sometimes people look at these, you know, high touch model, great service. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes people ask, is this scalable? Um, you may maybe talk about how, how you make it scalable. Well, you make it scalable with the combination of uh, the right technology pieces. So we do we utilize technology so that people can literally um, engage at the highest uh, set of their capabilities. You, you know, obviously, often our business you'll say top of their licensure, but I think it's really the top of their capabilities. Oftentimes people want to just see what their benefits are. They can do that electronically, et cetera. But if they want somebody to ask that question, we have that scaled to do that. Uh, and so you think about how we staff, you know, first off we get the technology. So we get that right. So people can do self-service how they want to, if they don't want to do self-service, that's fine. We're going to have the person that has, um, we're going to match the skill set of the question to the, um, to the, the, the pay variant of that, and we've created a scalable model with our what we call our pod system, uh, and that's the personal service representatives, that's the benefit specialists, that's the access to the nurses and the and the and the docs, and we have a scalable model around that. Uh, so if you think about our business today, uh, we've been uh, EBITDA positive for the past uh, most all our our time, uh, based almost from inception of the company. Um, we've had great growth and been able to make it at a scalable level. And, and uh, the way that we continue to drive high gross margin, higher gross margins and EBITDA positive is really around the technology and having the uh, pod staffed at the right levels to the skill sets. Um, and we do a significant amount of training and we do a f significant amount of upfront um, elements around the, the hiring 
uh, of our of our uh, warrior pods to really make sure we got the right people uh, engaged and have the right tools at their at their disposal. And, and so it can be profitable. It is profitable. We're proof of it. Uh, and it is scalable, even in a, uh, you know, we're not immune to inflation. Uh, and we've been able to absorb those kind of wage inflation elements and at the same time use the technology side to offset many of the inflationary sides of this. Oh, that's pretty impressive. You know, you, you talked before, right? I mean, these HR departments, you know, by and large, very thoughtful group of people because, you know, they're really trying to do right by their employees, right? And and so they they bring to, you know, they, they are adding solutions that, you know, they think, you know, are needed, you know, right now, right? Behavioral health is a big focus for many people. You know, so, you know, you're adding this and you're adding that. And, 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 and if you think about your role to help, you know, provide, navigate the employer, employee when they need it to the right place. Um, you know, as, you, as you've been watching this, do you think digital health has made a difference here? You know, are, are, are employers really seeing a, an ROI on some of these solutions? I definitely believe digital health has made a difference here. There's there's uh, there's no doubt that digital health is has uh, made a, a significant impact on on uh, ROI and on uh, the experiential side of this. Um, I do think that CFOs are going to get stronger and or are stronger and getting stronger and ROI as a critical component on a go forward basis. Uh, and during the pandemic, you know, and you know. Behavioral health is still a big challenge, but during the pandemic, it was literally, I'm going to get any kind of tool necessary and buy it because that's what we're going to do. In this world, in the you know coming out of the pandemic time period, people are going to evaluate and say, gosh, did I really get all the value? Did I accumulate a set of solutions that make sense on a go forward basis? Um, and you know, have they created, I think there's going to be some curation as part of that dynamic. I know, um, you know, I would just say if if you're not driving an ROI, it's going to be tough sledding uh, on a go forward basis, and it needs to be hard. It can't just be soft. Although there's there you know the, the HR groups are going to give you a lot of value for creating a different kind of experience for their members. On the softer side, the CFO is going to look for the hard ROI. Yeah, I can imagine. When we think of ROI, though, uh, obviously a lot of these are investments uh, upfront. You know, given you know the current macro environment. Um, you know we we we're obviously hearing differing expectations around the demand for digital health. Um, what are you hearing from clients? You know, uh, you know what, what's some of the biggest pain points they're asking you to help them address? We had our best year ever last year, so I always feel a little awkward when people say, "Oh, it's a it's a troubling environment." Um, and it is, and I'm not, I mean, again, we're not immune to inflation and interest rates and, and our clients are not immune to inflation or interest rates. I think what you're seeing is though, is how do I make an impact across my, uh, employee base versus the point solution piece, which is you, you, kind of where we were during the pandemic and prior and, you know, a little bit prior to that, which is, I'm going to go after diabetes. I'm going to go after cardiovascular. I'm going to go after um, you know, MSK, I think you're seeing a much more holistic view of this, which is I, uh, from the buyer perspective, just simplify this. Tell me what the answer is. Which ones of these work? Which ones don't work? Um, how do I know it's bulletproof? Because if I do, if I go all in, this means every person 
is going to be impacted by this solution set, which is different than the digital health starter days. You know, if you think about diabetes, where I came from, that had been a, a, a challenging condition that had never been uh, well managed, had never had great experiences. Um, and so if you were an HR buyer, just the thought that you might be able to create a different kind of experience and different kind of financial outcome, I'll take a chance on that. That was 8% of your population. Um, so if it didn't work out well, it only impacted 8% of the population anyway, which they were being treated pretty poorly to start with. What I would say about in the, the world order today is with 11,000 different point solutions um, and vendors coming at these HR providers, they're looking for simplification. How do I know that I have a tried and true uh, product here? How do I know that my, my members are going to be treated to the best experience as possible? And then how am I going to answer my CFO that I'm getting, I'm getting an ROI? That's where the market is, and that's what they're looking for. And, and um, that's what you know, all of us in digital health really have to figure out how to how to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying, it's, it's, it seems pretty consistent with some of the things we've heard, right? It's maybe fatigue of all these different point solutions and a, and a desire to simplify down to, you know, looking at more, you know, you know, platforms or, or whatever that, you know, it's obviously a, a, whatever that, a big whatever term. Whatever that magic term is. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. But, right, in other words, right, trying to consolidate as many solutions onto a single type of platform, so that they're dealing with less people, but at least getting as as much of the services uh, as they were beforehand. I mean, how does that, you know, it, it sounds to a certain extent, I would imagine it kind of fits right into your wheelhouse. Uh, it, it's why I'm here. Uh, this is what I saw. I, like, I see this as as a plat. And again, that term gets used fairly liberally, so I'm almost hesitant to use it. But I literally see navigation done properly as a platform by which to deliver uh, the best care and experiences at the right time. Uh, and it, it's, it becomes a necessity as we move forward. And that's, that's really how I see navigation on a go forward basis as how do you create these, you know, higher, better engagement. So how do you get the value out of the investments you've made? Like what's the experience that you have as part of that? And then it's gotta be about, clinical and financial outcomes on the backside and using all the data in the right way with all the stakeholders, uh, providers, plan sponsors, and members together, understanding that each one of those has a different motivator um, and understanding those motivations. How do you, how do you bring that together in a platform where you, where you make sense for everybody? And that's, that's, that's what I'm so excited about from an opportunity perspective. And here, you know, I'd like to come back to, right, you talked about uh, earlier that there are certain service lines that you, you feel like, you know, you, you want to get in yourself, right? You, you know, talked about, behavior. I, I know you guys recently announced a, an expansion in your behavioral health offering. Um, you talked about oncology a little bit earlier, you know, specialty care. Can you go a little bit into that? And, and, and how does that differ from what maybe you're normally doing as a uh, navigation kind of solution for employers? Well, let's, it, there's kind of, uh, let's talk about all these point solutions. What the industry has historically done is say, we'll connect to these digital health solutions. And there's value in that. 
Um, and we're going to continue to do that. We're, we'll continue to connect with anyone and everyone because it's the right thing to do. But there really needs to be a, a bit more of a curation. And that's when we launched our preferred partner program to say, we know these solutions work based off the data. And we'll provide a set of standard reports to the clients. If you agree to this preferred partner set, you know, we'll have uh We'll share the API, the, the APIs with each other. We'll share the data. We'll create consolidated reporting. You can understand which piece of ROI comes from quantum health, which piece of the of the ROI comes from fill in the blank MSK provider, or um, and you know, today we have partnerships with Henge, um, you know, or behavioral health solutions, or or otherwise, and really create that curated set of solutions that 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 our members will know and understand, and we can create the kind of workflow I spoke about earlier around uh, the, the experience feeling seamless to the member. Because the member doesn't want to have to know if they've if we've got a Omada, Lavongo, um, Verda, you know, fill in the blank. They don't, the member doesn't really want to know that. They just want to know, I, I want to take care of my diabetes. Um, you know, and on the, and as much as my friends at Hinge or Sword would want the, to say they're so unique, except different, what the member wants to know is what's in my plan and how do I get access to it? And, and when they might even know this in a preferred marketplace, it's really creating the kind of integration that creates that single experience, both for clients and members at the end of the day. And what I would say in ours, and this is the aspirational side, so this will be to, to be more on the de- to delivered. How about we give the provider a little something? Because the provider has zero insight into the benefits allowed. So even just simple cues like coming back to the provider to let them know that this patient is eligible for some conservative care capabilities as well. A provider often doesn't know that. In fact, they rarely know what the benefit plans are of their patients. Um, and so how can we provide some different information? Gosh, what if we could actually close real gaps in care? <laughs> God forbid we really do that um, and, and provide a little information back. That's something digital health companies have been reticent to really engage with us on the provider side. That's something we will be doing on a go forward basis. We are doing it a little bit today, not to my uh, aspirational views. When it take we take it to a further place, which is really our premier partnerships. How do we get serious about taking on a full service line like oncology? I mentioned um, we have a great working relationship with the second opinion provider today in our preferred uh, network. How do we create the right kind of centers of excellence? How do we know when it's the right? How do we help advise when it's the right time for to stay in the community? How do we advise when it's the right time to actually go to a center of excellence for cancer? Um, how do we think about palliative care versus aggressive treatment? And being and really think about the experiential side of that on a go-forward basis. There's a lot of complexities there. I, I think these are really, you know, many of the, you know, think about oncology is one of the scariest journeys that you can possibly be on. And it's up to oftentimes the patient to figure these things out on their own. Uh, what we're what we're really contemplating here is how do we do a carve out entirely on the service line elements and put together the best attributes of digital health married with an oncology centric navigation solution, thoughtful 
use of community services and appropriate use of uh, centers of excellence, whether those are centers of excellence on um, you know, additional on uh, such as a CARIM or a Surgery Plus, or whether that is uh, the centers of excellence around the City of Hope and a um, you know some Sloan Kettering. Those are the kinds of things that need to be very thoughtfully thought forward uh, and looking at a, a total view. And that's when we talk about taking on these big service lines, we really mean the whole shooting match uh, from a service line perspective to create a different kind of experience, a different kind of outcome. Uh, what kind of connections do to do, do their family members need as part of that? Because oftentimes it's the scariness and the family members are taking care of the person that's in these in these tough situations. So we're literally thinking about kind of the nth degree of what's the best experiential side that will deliver the right kind of uh, clinical outcomes. And our belief is it'll also drive a better ROI. But that's actually to be proven. We're we're starting with what's the best experience side of this, um, given that dynamic. So, you know, when you, when you think that through and you start taking on more of this experience plus, you know, really, really driving, you know, towards this idea of outcomes, you know, it, you know, really smacks into that idea of value-based care and, uh, taking risk, you know, you, you don't typically think of like, a lot of digital health companies as, you know, risk-based kind of organizations. You know, is this something that if you follow this path and, and you kind of think logically through, you know, extrapolate it out, it, is that what you could see quantum heading towards? And and how, how, how would that kind of risk sharing work? Because providers are still the ones delivering the clinical care, um, you know, not, not, not to jump the gun a, a little bit too much, but, but it, you know, at a high level, how would you think about it? Or is this sort of, am I sort of on the right path, I guess? You're absolutely on the right path. You're seeing more, I'll say, acceptance of, of some risk sharing out there. Um, it is, although I think risk sharing is a fascinating dynamic in our core navigation space. Uh, our, we have about 10, little, little over 10% of our revenues are at risk today. I would think as you go to more of a premier service line, like an oncology, we would anticipate that something more like 50% of the revenues are at risk in that dynamic. And so we have thought about some of the models uh, in, in that scenario. And you are and you are literally elongating out uh, how that works and figuring out who who should accept risk and who should, you know, should have a fee for service along the way and putting together those dynamics. Everybody needs alignment uh, on the journey. I think clients are, um, it's fascinating. Quantum Health actually started as a fully at risk model back in the day around navigation. And that, uh, and you already know what happened, Charles. We proved the value. And then all of a sudden people said, well, we don't really, we, we, we don't really love uh, paying the upside piece of that. Um, and and also CFOs don't love unpredictability. So if, you know, oftentimes it's hard to budget for some of those kinds of things. So what we found in our core business is this balance on you know, monthly fees versus uh, fees at risk that seem to work effectively. I think the, um, you know, when you do the carve out piece, my anticipation is we will have much more at risk 
around that than our than our book of business. Uh, although it's kind of uncharted territory for us, and so we're we're not uncomfortable with that thought process. Um, but we're we we recognize it'll be it too will be a journey. My view is, is once we prove the value and understand the models, et cetera, that'll probably come back a little closer to the mean, like our, much like our navigation business, which is less on uh, on at risk truly, and more on a, on a uh, monthly basis because of the predictability elements of that. Um, and it interestingly serves all the parties very well at the end of the day. But that's going to be more of a journey that we're going to be on. Yeah, I see. You know, maybe maybe before we kind of wrap up here, just because we're talking about oncology, right? Uh, and the fact that you're really helping members understand and being able to access the benefits when they need it. You know, the, the population that jumps out at me is Medicare, right? Uh, you have seniors who are obviously on a, more often than not on a healthcare journey uh, constantly and you know, it's sort of the fact as we age and and and, and becomes more complex for them, right? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, MA has been has been great for for seniors. Um, it, it, do you see a role for you guys within the Medicare market to to further kind of support that? Well, we we, we do. Um, you know, today we sell primarily to self-insured employers, and that's about a ten billion. I'm sorry, about a twelve billion dollar TAM. We have made investments to go after other verticals, government, uh, health plans, which adds another $12 billion or so plus to the TAM. Um, but Medicare Advantage uh, and, and, and Medicare and, frankly, Medicaid um, fit our vision. We adjusted our vision to be adjust for it. No one should navigate their healthcare journey alone. Our vision doesn't say... Only self-insured employees, <laughs> members of self-insured employees, should not navigate their healthcare journey alone. Our vision is no one should navigate their healthcare journey alone, and we fundamentally believe there are business models for each one of these um, elements. Medicare Advantage, we uh, have have done some significant work around that. The experiential side, we match up incredibly well on the stars piece of this. So when you think about the age caps and really impacting stars from an age cap perspective, we have the opportunity to do some unique things. And so we're in some early conversations around that. We're excited about the future of this. We're just barely touching, you know, this marketplace. We're at less than 10% of our core marketplace today. We've added the capabilities around uh, going after the government and plan side. Medicare Advantage is yet another uh, realm, which we are anxious to uh, engage in and we're having some early conversations and we've done the work to say this is how we match and this is how we can impact your age caps and so you're absolutely right um charles every person should have this it gets more complex as as you as we age unfortunately um and we believe there are business models for kind of everyone at the end of the day you know, maybe just to close out, uh, you know, what's next for Quantum? You know, what should we be uh, looking out for over the next, you know, six to 12 months? Any kind of big road markers that you'd want to kind of flag for us to keep an eye out? I think you'll see progress on, on those kind of the on the uh, future state pieces of this. Uh, I think you'll continue to see us execute and grow in our core uh, self-insured employer marketplace 
uh, you're seeing us execute on our on our additional market space. We just went live with our first state government uh, here in the last month. Um, our progress we've made around the jumbo market has been pretty significant with some very large uh, employers and, and, and the go lives on that side. And so we continue to focus there. But I think looking for that next space around uh, the launch of our oncology solution, which I think you'll see that come out here in the next 12 months, uh, I'll follow closely by musculoskeletal and behavioral. Uh, and then we're going to continue to add to our uh, preferred partner ecosystem such that we continue to grow the capabilities and make it simpler for our clients every day to have a curated uh, single experience uh, in the, across their, um, their member profile. Uh, and so look for more of those. So it's a very, very busy and active time at Quantum Health. And it certainly sounds like it, and it sounds very exciting. So Zane, uh, as always, it's, it's great to, to catch up and uh, you know, really happy to have you join us to, to provide your thoughts here today. Appreciate it, Charles. Great to see you. Thanks for, for joining us, and thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in on this episode. And we look forward to having you join us in uh, future podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of TD Cowan Insights.